Flying Casuals brought to you by Patreon supporters Brent, David Bush, Jory Webb, Nate Edison, Wes Anderson, Kelly Breckner, and Andy Dugan. May the force be with you. You're listening to Flying Casual, a Star Wars podcast. Here's your host, Michael Canterbury. Casual fam, welcome back to another episode of Flying Casual. Welcome to all of you listening on whatever podcast network service you're listening to, or if you're checking it on YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. YouTube Yub Nub, YouTube, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. If you're on YouTube, thanks for watching as well. Um, some fun stuff there as well on YouTube. So if you're not listening on YouTube, go check out YouTube. Look at this handsome mug every once in a while, you know? Or not so handsome. Um, but I am your host, Michael Canterbury. And if you do want to go to YouTube and, and see a couple of handsome people, not including myself, um, the lovely Holly Walton is also joining me. Holly, how are you doing? Feeling very handsome right You're now. You're feeling very handsome? Uh, that's yes. a compliment. That's, that's a non-gender specific compliment, <laughs> You're right? right. Mm-hmm. I think so. I'm also very hot. And that's not, Yeah, it's just like hot here. It's suddenly. hot in the studio because the air is off, the windows are open, that you can hear the tree frogs. They may come through the mics. I have no idea. Uh, yeah, that would be cool. Well, I got this fan on my computer, so let's hope nothing overheats here. But, I've just uh, been like hot one. waiting for the chance to have the windows open. And like I think oh. every day I've been like, oh man, is it too cold to open the windows? Mm, and now it's not too cold to open the windows. It's just hot. Everything's hot and wet. And speaking of wow. hot and wet, we have another handsome member of this cast. Uh, the lovely and handsome Luke Elder. Luke, how you doing, my friend? Wow, that's quite the intro. <laughs> well. Hot and wet, as always. Um, Folks, we, we, there's not a whole lot in this. I, I meant to oil this damn boom arm, Holly. I tell Michael all the time, get some WD 40. That was on the list for the Lowe's run this morning and all totally three of the forgot. Lowe's runs. Well, that's, yeah, wow. let's not tell everyone that we're that forgetful. But yeah, this thing squeaks. You'll hear it. This is great podcasting right there. Cheesy Pete. I got to get that fixed. So if you guys, if you hear that, that's just me adjusting this boom arm because it's super annoying, but we'll get that uh, greased up here soon. But wow. um, so uh, not a whole lot happening in Star Wars right now, Holly. Uh, some announcements. And I got to be honest, I'm kind of, at the, I think I'm past the point of annoyed now. Um, with all the Mandalorian announcements. Oh, don't even get me started. You know, the Ahsoka thing, I didn't really believe it. Um, and and uh, what else has been the recent announcements? We had Ahsoka. Boba, oh, Boba Fett. Oh, was, Boba Fett. Yeah, Boba Fett. That was, you know, it's that's whatever. But now, Bo-Katan. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll start with Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan reportedly being voiced, uh, or I guess being portrayed by Katie Sackhoff herself? It's the word on the street. Is that the word on the street? Uh, Luke, how do you feel about that? I mean, it, it seems owed and, and amazing. Um, I have some other grief, but how do you feel about the, 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 the uh, Bo-Katan coming in live action? It sounds, sounds right, right? Yeah, it's cool to see that kind of continuity of the character uh, jump over from Clone Wars and Rebels. Yeah. Uh, I I know she's well known for her work on Battlestar Galactica, which I haven't personally watched. Yeah, but I know she's kind of a got a pretty big following from that, and people really enjoy that. So she has that live action experience already. So you figure, you know, she can 
come on board and, and pick right up. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, that continuity. 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 It's, you know, it's just like documentary, Holly. It's documentary, like documentary. You can pronounce it however you want. Tomato, tomato. How did I graduate? Roof, rough. Now that's, that's just a Midwestern thing. Creek, crick. Roof, crick. Root, route. Roof. Okay. It's not a dog barking, Holly. It's a roof. Okay. You put <laughs> shingles on it. It protects your home. That's right. And the dog runs around and says roof. <laughs> E-may, Chewy. And we'll get confirmation on that. Um, but Holly, it makes sense to have Bo-Katan in this, right? I mean, and, sure. and Katie Sackhoff has some acting chops, like Luke said. But I gotta be honest, guys. I, I'm a little upset, you know. If, if Katie Sackhoff is getting this opportunity, let's have Ashley Eckstein have the opportunity to play Ahsoka if she's coming back. We love Ashley. Right? She's but, amazing. Yeah. Well, what did you say, though, before, Holly, when we got started? You said, well, maybe she doesn't want to do it, Michael. Yeah, maybe she doesn't. And I flipped out on you. Absolutely flipped out. <laughs> Why would she not want to do it? I, I mean, maybe she doesn't. That's cool. Has she? Has Ashley Eckstein ever like live acted anything? Uh, that's a great. We'd have to call her. Uh, spoiler alert. Ash. Who do we have on the phone? Ashley. I'm just kidding. We don't have Ashley Eckstein on the phone. That would be amazing. Uh, Luke, are you familiar with any acting, you know, other than voice stuff that Ashley Eckstein's done? I'm not. I not uh, not intimately uh, familiar with any of it, but I know she's done some stuff, uh, but maybe we can, uh, I'll try to pull up maybe an IMDB or something yeah. to see what it is, because I really yeah. don't know. Nothing, uh, I think she's best known for, for Ahsoka, you know, so nothing yeah. huge. Yeah. I just feel yeah. like maybe she doesn't want, maybe she's just not into the live acting stuff. No, that's, and that's fine. That's, that's fine. But you know what? If they, the thing is, if they're not even gonna, they, I, they better have given her the opportunity. Okay, so if she's not playing Ahsoka, it's because she didn't want to do it. Are you going to like, not watch, watch it? it? That's well, that's the craziest thing I think you've ever said ever. Um, no, of course I'll watch it. But I'm just saying, like, if she's not playing Ahsoka, if Ahsoka's even in mm -hmm. this show, can we just, like that? That alone, I just yeah. I just, I don't see that happening, but me, I don't know. I don't know. Am I crazy? No. Well, no. Here's the thing. Well, we, you're like, that's a bigger question. You <laughs> are crazy. That's for another episode of another podcast. That's right. Um, No, but I just feel like every time they announce something like, oh, this person's going to do this and yeah. that person's going to be it and we're going to get this appearance from Ahsoka and this yeah. appearance from Boba I'm like, can you please leave something to yeah. surprise me with? That's what upsets me the most. I just like, because now I'm just going to expect it. And you guys, I say this a billion times. Yeah. I don't like going into these things with expectations. No, yeah, you like you like the surprise. I you love like the surprise. Going in, I mean, you don't even like watching trailers, really. I do not like watching trailers. I want to go in blind. Yeah. Why well, I, I make you watch them because we do a podcast on Star Wars, so that's yeah. that you have to. I never want to talk about this stuff, and Michael's like, "Well, too bad." Yeah, I mean, you got to do a reaction. You got to get. You got to. You got to grow the community here, so you got to do the reaction. Michael says, "Do it for the cast." Do it for the cast, bro. Do it for the <laughs> cast. That's exactly how we talk. Um, I actually would love to get Luke to do a reaction too. Wouldn't that be epic, Holly? Yeah, like that would be it would just. Cool. I don't know, because Luke and I talk over text, and sometimes he sends me really cool stuff, and he's just like, dude, that blew me away. But, like, I want to see that recorded. You know what I'm saying? Luke like, being blown away? Yes, but, like, I think it would be really chill and level-headed, other than me just being like, 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 I do, like, people do screen captures for their clip art of them being, like, crazy, 
<laughs> that is an actual clip of me reacting to what I'm seeing. Yes. The crazy face you're seeing is my legitimate reaction mm -hmm. on what we've posted in the past. Some people will just make it look so epic, like they're like blown away. Like, no. Michael I, actually is I capture away. the moment um, and take a still of it. Luke, I mean... Could, could we get you to do a reaction at some point? Maybe when the Mandalorian starts dropping some trailers, I would love to see that. Yeah, I'd love to see it too because <laughs> I'm, I'm not always uh, I'm not always known for being the strongest emoter. My That's okay. Might be more animated than uh, my physical <laughs> or voice reaction to things. Uh, yeah, my my wife will talk about how how stoic I am at times, and uh, I tend to get emotional like outwardly only for certain things yeah uh one of them could be star wars i think at, you know yeah. and uh soccer certain soccer games and soccer situations uh, that i'm watching or remembering and uh yeah, yeah i can get emotional for some star wars i feel like we could bring in the columbus crew in with star wars in some way to make them Related, Holly, right? The Bring the passion crew, to it, yeah. Do they do a Star Wars night like the Clippers do? Uh, yeah, they've had. Yeah. Uh, I thought they have. Stormtroopers and Chewbacca running around yeah. before, you know, yeah. So Luke was at a 10 that night. Like, I, he's he's probably sobbing. Raging. Yeah, I mean, that probably. Well, now that's something we have to see. We've got to see Luke doing a reaction. That would yeah. be epic. Also, like, this conversation just made me think, like, what if there was, like, an Imperial soccer team... Would you see like a stormtrooper oh, yeah. playing goalie? Oh my god, probably. And, and speak if we, if there were an imperial soccer team, uh, Luke. So when I when I look at sports teams, I kind of look at things that way. Like who's the evil villain, right? So there's a few of them in the NFL. That's the New England Patriots. It is not, but probably. carry that, on. That's that's. I mean, maybe not now <laughs> without Tom Brady, but that's it's, it's the Buccaneers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. Okay. It's not. They're they're the Palpatine of the universe, right? Not the Patriots. Not the pa the Buccaneers, whoever you want to call yeah. them now. Um they're the they're the villain. Okay. Right. Okay. So so Luke, with that in your mind, who in the in the MLS is the villain of the league? Do we have yes. is the Columbus crew the villain of the league? No. <laughs> no, no, far from I don't think there's what you would describe as a villain. There's a, there's a joke or a, you know a thing around the league that the LA Galaxy get whatever they yep. want that, that they get the uh. rules changed for them every now and then. So it's not exactly that they're that they're evil, but they're the uh, the favorite it, child. Is that because Beckham went to LA? Is that yeah? That's where yeah. it all stems from. Yeah, that. But uh, he's got the Tom yeah, Brady ego. Lot, okay. A lot of new teams over the past decade, so it's it's different now. Yeah. I'm gonna let you speak. Sorry. Beckham doesn't have a Tom Brady ego. His no, ego is like fifty. It. Yes. No, Crazy. his ego is like fifty times bigger than, than Tom, Brady? Tom Brady's ego. That's it. Okay. Hey, Palpatine. Whatever you want to say. That's fine. And he's also a yeah. real big baby. Well, all, Luke's gonna hate me for this, but there's a lot of babies in soccer. Luke, am I right? I mean, there's a lot of drama. There's a lot of babies in that league. Uh, all They're, all soccer leagues. They would be, you know, a lot of soccer players would be good at reaction videos. Yes. So good at emoting. <laughs> yes. Well, we need to find who's a Star Wars fan in the MLS and bring them on the podcast. Okay, maybe uh, next week we'll all just David wear... Beckham reacts to The Mandalorian <laughs> season two. <laughs> Sorry, Holly. David 
Beckham reacts to Luke reacting to the Mandalorian oh season two God. trailer. They should be like, that guy was so chill. He must be a Columbus <laughs> Crew fan. No, Columbus Crew yeah. fans are like cray cray. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay, they are. Do you have a, a crew story of going <laughs> no, crazy? No, but I was going to say maybe next week we'll all just wear our soccer jerseys on the podcast. Okay, here's the, I have a shirt from circa 2010 from the Columbus Crew. Probably way too small for me. Listen, now. I have a Robbie Rogers jersey that you could absolutely. You're speaking fit names. Into. I have no idea. Robbie <laughs> Rogers sounds like a freaking cartoon character. That's Robert <laughs> Ro- Roger Rabbit. Robert. <laughs> this is turning into a tongue twister. I hate it. Yeah, that's okay. I I couldn't even tell you really how we got on this MLS rant or soccer in general. I have no idea. I started an Imperial soccer team. You did. That's right. You did. Yeah. If it was an Imperial soccer team, who would it mm-hmm. be? And I called New England Patriots the most evil team of all time. Which is wrong, but anyway. Well, tomato, tomato. You know, we're just going to agree to disagree <laughs> yeah. on that, Holly, but that's okay. okay. That's okay. So we're definitely going to have Luke do some reactions here. So expect <laughs> those. It might actually be good to cut, you know, us in there with him so people can <laughs> see just how crazy we are and how really <laughs> mellow he is. That would be great. Yeah, that would be perfect. I think that are would you be gonna, good How are you going to cut it in there? Magic. Oh, magic. Yeah. Black magic. Uh, some or black art, as Anakin would say. The, the 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 black arts. He calls them. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely Knight, right. Night sister magic. That's right. Mm-hmm. Some night sister magic uh, with a K at the end of it. Yes, the comic says. I'm into that. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. So, uh, so I, I want to get to some of that news we talked about. We so we talked about Bo-Katan and um, remind me again. Katie Sackhoff mm-hmm. um, um, uh, playing that character in live action, which is great. We talked about Ahsoka, you know, and, and Ashley Eckstein should get that yep. opportunity. The most recent announcement blew me away because I love this guy. It reminded Timothy Olafont. Okay. I love this guy. He's done a lot of acting. Recently, Holly tried to show me uh, the Santa Clarita diet. That's a weird freaking Listen, show. Michael yeah, was like, on. oh my God, Timothy Oliphant. I <laughs> love him just like I love Sam Witwer. Wow, and that's, I was like, nah, that's not even close, but yeah. And I was right. like, okay, have you seen the Santa Clarita diet? Jeez. And he was like, no. And we were like eating Ugh. dinner and I was like, well, let's watch it. Yeah, you don't tell me that it's the, the most gory show on oh, yeah. television and it's a comedy. So it's just, yeah. you know, they're you know, pounds and pounds of vomit, pounds and pounds of blood and organs. Yeah. Um, and people just eating people. It's pretty well, disgusting. Well, one person eating people. Well, well, I guess it depends on what season. Anyway. Ooh. Spoiler Aww. alert, Holly. <laughs> it's been out for years. Well, I guess that's my bad. So, so you brought that show up. Yeah. And yeah, he's, 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 he's a, I don't know. He's just a fun guy. But the movie I love him most from is a little flick called I Am Number Four. Oh okay. God. So Michael has a thing sometimes for these I don't, I guess you call it teen sci-fi fantasy. Um, I've read all the books of the I Am Number Four series, um, but he was in that movie and he was this mentor to this younger gentleman and he was just awesome. He's just the man. So um, Luke, hearing that news, I know you're a fan of Timothy um, and and I want to know if if you're a fan of particular work of his and, and what you think his role could be upcoming. seen him and i probably haven't seen him in a ton of stuff i know he's he's really well known for another show um is it kind of like a western or cop show 
I can't yeah. even remember. But I haven't seen that. I've seen him in some movies here and there. <laughs> and one of the things when you were talking football earlier uh, he, that I've seen him in is uh, The League, which is that show about fantasy football. Oh. And uh, <laughs> he, there's an episode where he plays a, a sushi chef. Um, where he's really funny, <laughs> but he's just like he's really versatile. He can do the real serious stuff. Yeah, he can be really, really funny. Uh, so, it, you know, they've done a good job of mixing, you know, nice comedy in to the Mandalorian along with the serious and the drama. Uh, so, you know, I think he'll fit right in with that. I'm imagining he's going to be one of these one-off episode characters we meet. I don't think he's going to be somebody we see throughout the season, but somebody yeah. who pops into an episode. There were there were so many. Uh, you know, I thought great performances uh, for the the first season like that, where people were just in one episode. Uh, in particular, the uh, his old sort of gang that he met up with again. I liked a lot of oh yeah the performances there. Uh, so something like that I can see from Timothy Oliphant. Absolutely, yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, maybe an episode or two. I could definitely a good guy, right? I mean, I can't picture him being a bad guy. Holly, am I wrong? I don't know. That'd be wicked. I could picture him being a bad guy because I could see him being like that bad guy who does something really terrible and then is like, "Oh yeah, oops." You know what I'm saying? Like he has he has a way of like being really funny about things that are really serious and kind of like making you like he's that good like comedic relief. Which, I mean, I think sometimes villains in Star Wars have a little bit of that. Yeah, I could see him being kind of a DJ kind of DJ from the Last Jedi. Remember that character by, uh, I almost said uh, Pablo uh, um, um, something else, Picasso, but <laughs> Adalgo. What's his name, Luke? Am I forgetting that gentleman's name? Not Pablo Picasso, but. Uh, which guy? DJ. Who, who played was, DJ? Who was? Oh, uh, Benicio Del Toro. Benicio Del Toro, why was I saying it? Oh, yeah. Oh, I was saying something else. But, yeah, that's exactly how I picture Like, if yeah. he was going to be a bad guy, exactly like that. You remember you remember DJ from the, yeah, kind I, of the, he play, he's on the. He's, I don't know why I, sorry, everybody, I did not know that was his oh, character's sounds, name. <laughs> sounds like you're just a big old hater of, of The Last Jedi, ho- no, Holly. Yeah. sounds like I'm not. That's okay. That's okay. No Last Jedi hate here. Um only episode two. Only episode two. Yeah, slam. <laughs> um, so that's, I mean, that's exciting. That's cool. But yeah, what I was upset about at the beginning was that I, I just, I'm at a point now. Let's just, let's stop revealing who's playing, you know, what, who's, who's been cast. Like, I just kind of, it's fun to speculate and stuff. But now I'm at a point where it's just like, man, like, come on, let's not, let's not ruin this good thing we got going. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. So at the end, like, we got, some spoilers yeah. for the first season of the Mandalorian, True. but True. truly like they kept like the dark saber yeah. a secret True. until the very end. Right. Yeah. But now I'm like, now that we've had that and now they're like releasing all these big names who may or may not be in the second season. Like what's going to be like the big surprise then? Cause I feel like yeah. they can't, I don't know. I yeah. just feel like it would kind of be a letdown if there wasn't anything well, yeah, but that's what we kind of, I mean, with all the speculation we put in the first season, like no one and their mother would have guessed that there was this baby Yoda character, oh, right? Oh, yeah, I forgot it, about baby Yoda. <laughs> are you freaking kidding me? Whoops. Oh, my. Well, that's because I haven't got my plush yet from Michael Moore that's going to go back there with the uh, 
with the Porg. Mm-hmm. So I've got one of those huge lifelike plushes coming. Um, so maybe that's why you didn't remember. Oh my God. Can you imagine if baby Yoda and little baby Porg grew up together? They'll be friends back here on the set. Oh my God. That would be the cutest. Um, so yeah. So I mean, who knows what we're going to get? It's, it, it's going to be epic, I'm sure. But I just, I just, let's, let's just, let's just let it happen. Let's let them finish the season and, and let's, let's get to it. But I will uh, say this. Yeah. Somebody on this article from Star Wars Newsnet, you know, people can like leave comments and it's like a real short article. It's like two paragraphs, not even Yeah. probably one paragraph if you put it all together. Somebody with the handle (laughs) Obi-Wan Adobe, which is funny anyway, said at this point, I'm expecting Tom Cruise and Denzel Washington to be announced for the Mandalorian because we're getting so far into like, here's this name and here's that name. Start bringing in big, big time actors. Yeah. It's kind of like they were just like, hmm, hey, which one of our friends really likes Star Wars? So yeah. we could just be like, do you want to be in an episode? Well, I thought Bill Burr was a big addition in the first mm-hmm. season. I freaking love Bill Burr. And I thought he fit into that character and that role so well. So, yeah, if it fits, if it fits and Tom Cruise could play someone really awesome, that that's cool. <laughs> I can only imagine Star Wars fans being like, Tom Cruise in Star Wars. Are you freaking kidding me? I mean, it's cool. Why not? But uh, the best thing I saw recently <laughs> was that someone said, breaking news, uh, confirmed Pedro Pascal um, hired on to be um, a leading role in The Mandalorian Season 2. I thought that what was a really funny. Um, yeah, so there's a lot happening, and there's a lot being released, way more. And I think it's, you know, I guess it's expected. This happens with everything, but I think... The Mandalorian was such a surprise and, and how great it was. And, and I don't know, it was just a big hit for everyone. And so I guess, I don't know, it just sours me a little bit, but yeah. it's not a big deal. It's not like there's, if they start coming out with the entire story, then yeah, I'm going to be pissed off, but I can get over casting announcements. And I have mm-hmm. no idea they're playing. So whatever. My but. parents are uh, watching the Mandalorian right now for the Ooh. first time. And they keep tech. We're like in this group chat and they, my dad like keeps texting me. And he, like, thinks that he's being really funny. Uh, <laughs> so he'll, like, text me, like, weird questions that he knows aren't right. Yeah. Like, the other day he texted me. I'm assuming that he got introduced to Carl Weathers' character for the first time. And yeah. he texted me. And he was like, wait a minute. Why is Lando in the Mando? Jesus. I was like, Dad, calm Dad. yourself down. He's not that big of a Star Wars fan. <laughs> yeah. No. Th- speaking of Carl Weathers, um, he had a, a pretty, I don't know, he had a nice discussion with uh, the rest of the cast and, and, and John Favreau and Dave Filoni in, in the uh, the Disney Gallery episode, the, the last mm-hmm. one. I thought that was really cool to hear from them, um, though I feel like we actually didn't talk to the cast enough. This whole episode was about the cast, and then we had so many of the directors like doing cuts to them talking about the cast, but I kind of wanted to hear more from them, but just... Carl Weathers was expected to be a, an alien and, and, and with a bunch of uh, uh, whatever makeup and everything on him, which is crazy. And I love that they got to a point where they're just like, no, like his, his, his voice and his presence is so recognizable. We, we need the person here. Um, Luke, did anything stick out to you about that gallery episode? I mean, it was short and sweet, but there was, there's some good moments in there. Yeah, I don't think it was quite as juicy as, as the first two, maybe. Oh, no. But speaking of, uh, I like that you let off with Carl Weathers because, uh, you know, you have your Sam Witwer 
uh, oh, yeah. crush, obsession, whatever level we want to talk about it. Uh, I think I'm developing a, a Carl Weathers <laughs> one from that episode. <laughs> it, the dude looks like so good. Yeah. Like I, like you rarely see anyone look so good. Yeah. Uh, his style was good. I, I really like the beard gray because in uh, in the show he's got the facial hair in the Mandalorian, but they must have dyed it. Yeah. Because it's dark. But like he looks really good with the gray beard that he had in there, uh, <laughs> and he just seems so cool and yeah. like and pretty humble still too. And uh, so yeah, I'm developing uh, probably not your Sam Witwer level. That's okay. Um, crush, but yeah, a bit of an infatuation uh, with the, with Carl Weathers there. There's still time, uh, Luke. <laughs> yeah. And he, he, so he, go ahead. No, nah, that was it. Sorry. No, he. It was funny how honest he was, kind of about being reluctant to be brought on. I think he's just like, well, oh, okay, I'll hear him out or whatever. But I think he just, I don't know. It just it felt like the the passion behind the project and the people he's working around is really what kind of drew him into it. It wasn't like he mentioned the script too, and and I guess you know that, that captivated him enough. But it was cool that he was honest about being like, you know what. I'm, I mean, and he can do that. He's kind of got that status yeah. now where he can just be like, you know, no, <laughs> uh, this garbage, I don't think so. So I thought it was cool that he was honest about it and be like, mm, I don't know. You know, a lot of people say they want to be in a Star War, but it seemed like he was kind of apprehensive to, to start out. But I loved how complimentary he was of, of the other folks. And, and um, um, gosh, why, why can't I name a Corano, Gina, mm -hmm. Gina? Um, I can never remember folks' names. Um, she was highly complimentary of him too. And, and I thought everything they spoke of her and, and it, I, I felt like she needed that too, right? You could see her, her insecurities about being in Hollywood, so to speak. I thought that was really cool. She came well, out and said, I'm not your stereotypical yeah, like Hollywood person. I think, I mean, there's a very certain kind of woman who gets cast yeah. to be in movies in Hollywood. Yeah. And there's a very certain body type that gets cast to be in movies in Hollywood. And it is not your woman of average stature yeah. and yeah. women who have an average stature are usually seen as being like plus sized in Hollywood, which is yeah. BS anyway. But yeah, I think that Gina Carano is very honest in this conversation that they had about how, you know, she was really scared about being on screen and she yeah. didn't have your typical like Hollywood body and yeah. she wasn't your typical Hollywood actress. And I think one of my favorite things is when, um, they showed how she just like would go in and do a lot of her own stunts. Yeah. She would go in and pick people up. That she carried cool. the Mandalorian out of there and everyone was like, Oh my God, yeah. she's actually doing that herself. And I thought that was really cool. I think she in general is a very cool person. Yeah. And that, that, that definitely came through. It was just her conversation was very real and she admitted, yeah. I'm not used to this, but like everyone's been so welcoming and yeah. they've, they're so complimentary of her work. I was critical mm -hmm. of, you know, some moments of her work and her acting, because it's just not there yet. She just hasn't had a lot of experience, but the action, and that she even admitted that herself, that's where I really light up. That's where I come out. And the directors picked up on that too. Mm -hmm. So it's cool that, you know, that they, it's, I don't know, it's just comforting to see that, you know, they're really picking her up and embracing her and she's loving mm -hmm. the experience. It's, also, it's awesome. they really believed in her because I, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in that conversation, Pedro Pascal is the one who was like, I mean, they oh, yeah. drew you into this before you had even said that you were going to do yeah. it. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't even think that they, she said they even like really, like she had to audition for it. They yeah. just were like, she's the one that we want. And That's we already one. put her in all of like the costumes and stuff. Like we already yeah. picked her out. 
Yeah, they came. They she mentioned that they came to me. They they liked what I brought to the table. It wasn't a, you know, let's see if she's gonna work or not. It's hers, yeah. and if she wants it. Um, so that, yeah, that was cool. I don't know. It, it's definitely cool to get that perspective. And Pedro Pascal, just the man just carries himself with a bunch of suave. He's just, <laughs> but he's very humble. You know, he's got a, he's got a Harrison Ford confidence, but he's way more humble. You know, that's something that Harrison Ford, I, I never looked at him and said, wow, that's a humble man right there. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I, I picked that up on Pedro Pascal. Right. But he's just, he does this whole side tilt thing the whole time. He's just looking at people like he's like a cute little puppy dog. Well, I think he also looks at people like he's actually genuinely and, interested yeah. in what they're saying. Well, that's what and I'm he saying. Listens. He looks like he's getting lost in like yeah. the, just the connection that's happening. I don't know. It's yeah. he they was all, just so complimentary. They were all doing it. Yeah, they all seem to get along really well, and that's like you guys were saying. Like Carl Weathers, like seemed very genuine, and then I think the interaction that him and Gina had between like how they both like really admired each other and they had a lot of respect for each other. Just like, it just felt like everyone in that cast just gets along like they're a little family. Yeah. It's super cool. And that, that'll make for a good production, Mm -hmm. hopefully for years and years to come. I think that's, that's awesome. And it's just, it was also cool. You know, I love hearing Dave Filoni. I love, obviously, I mean, we talked about that. The whole internet talked about his, description of the duel of fates and it became this huge thing in star wars world um between star wars theory and this dude who called it was a whole th- i don't even gonna talk about because i think it's stupid on both ends and i can't stand it. i just don't want to talk about star wars uh, i don't need to talk about figureheads and people being critical of others i think it's stupid anyway but i love listening to dave filoni talk about star wars but I also like him. I mentioned this when you were watching it, Holly. He's just sitting there all giddy. When people were talking about all this stuff, he, oh, yeah. he was almost silent the whole time. But he was just loving what was happening. And, and it's just, I don't know. It was so it was so cool. He just, like, he wants to share Star Wars with people. Yeah. And I think that when people get excited about the things that he's done for Star Wars, I think that just, like, makes yeah. him really happy. Not because he's, like, like, look what I did. I think it's because he's more, like, look what I did. Like yeah. I'm building this community. Yeah. It's like these, these actors are in it. Like this isn't just, a, I'm get. I mean, it is, I'm getting a paycheck, but like they're in it, they're involved. People that hardly had anything to do with star Wars ever are in it and they're loving what's happening and transpiring before them. So I don't know. I love it. I didn't think we'd spend that much time on that, but I thought it was worth mentioning because it was really cool hearing that stuff. Um, so what five more episodes to go of that. It's crazy. Maybe we'll actually start seeing some behind-the-scenes stuff after all. We go to the directors and the cast and all this good stuff, which, yeah, I hope so. Um, now, folks, we, we talked about this in the past few episodes. We, we've talked about um, family and what it means to Star Wars and how Star Wars is family. It's a story of family um, and also a story of hope. Don't forget that. Um, and there's a couple things that we needed to accomplish um, that we mentioned that we really wanted Holly to pick up. One was the son of Dathomir for comic book line. Mm-hmm. Check. Done. Done. The other was the three episodes of the Mortis family, the father, the son, and the daughter, um, the force wielders. We were like, Holly, you got to see this. We got to talk about it. Check. Done. And it's funny that, you know, we've been talking about family so much and then we look at these two pieces of material 
and they're all about family. It's about family, and I freaking love it. It's so cool. I mean, we all know Star Wars is about family, but when you really break these these products down, um, that's absolutely what it is, and all the drama that ensues with family. But uh, I, I want to start out um, with the Mortis story, Holly. I, I mean, I, I I disclosed for you coming into it, this is going to be weird, mm-hmm. right? I mean, so with that disclosure, what did you think? I didn't think it was weird. You didn't think it was weird I at really all? liked it because that's stuff that I didn't know about before. And yeah. I mean, people are probably sick of me hearing – Sick of hearing me say Totally that. sick of hearing you. <laughs> Should I mute her now? <laughs> mute me. Mute you. No, don't. Uh, people are probably sick of me saying this, but, like, I don't really want to hear so much about, like, the Skywalkers and, like, yeah. what they've gone through because I'm kind of, you know, ready to move on to new things. And so I know, you know, the Clone Wars, like, we still follow Anakin Skywalker through the Clone Wars. However, I like these other arcs that are in here because this is stuff that I didn't know about. And so I think that that, like, really piques my interest. So learning about the dynamic between, like, I guess they're called the ones. The ones, yeah. You know, and seeing kind of what happened on Mortis was very interesting to me. Yeah, it takes you out of it, and it's another family story, but... The most dysfunctional family so far. Oh, in (laughs) the universe, and probably all universes. I I mean, even more so, I would say, than, like, the dynamic between Luke, Leia, and Darth Vader. I mean, it puts Luke making out with his sister, you know. Like, whatever. Blows that out of the water. You guys got some real problems. (laughs) Um, You know, I'm sure they would want to be making out with each other compared to the problems they have anyway. Moving on. Moving on. Um... Yeah, it's it almost it almost puts you know we, we we know the old republic we know this stuff but like there's there's more force power out there from an older time that I, I love the father says we've been forgotten by pretty much everyone um, we're kind of out here alone doing our own thing uh, but a power long forgotten long ago um, it just adds a little context to to we don't necessarily know where the force began. But this place where they are, all of the force goes through this. It it's acts a as conduit. a conduit, right, for the force, which is crazy. So trying to put this in perspective, like what this is, you really can't comprehend it. But uh, Luke, did you have a chance to – how long has it been since you've watched the Mortis story in Clone Wars? Not very long. I have watched that arc since the series finale aired, so – in the past two weeks, barely two weeks uh, from that, I've been diving back into Clone Wars. I started back on a rewatch of the chronological order. Yeah. But before I started that, I just watched the Mortis arc first. That was like one of the things I wanted to get back to. And it's not until I think season three. So uh, and even in the chronological order, it's it, it's deep in. So I kind of couldn't wait. To watch it again, yeah. uh, doing the chronological rewatch. So I just did that first, and then I'll hit it again on the in the chronology too eventually. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it hasn't been very long. So it's fresh on the mind. What what 
And I want to get to Holly here in a second, but I want to ask you, like, what is it that captures you about that story? Because it's a weird, it's a weird thing. It just kind of happens out. They're out on a mission. Like, ah, we got this distress call. Let's go check it out. And it's like knocked out. Boom. We're in this place. Like, it's weird. But like, what captivates you about it? Like, Holly likes seeing it. It's so vastly different from the boring Skywalker oh, story. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, but like, what is it that really captures you that, that that keeps you coming back to the Mortis family? Well, in in either the the last episode of our podcast or the the one prior, I said you know the Force comes up in in Star Wars in two main ways as a a plot device to move things forward, like oh they just escaped that prison cell using the Force, yeah, or it's you know exploring the the spirituality of the Force as a philosophy as a theology, as a, a moral uh, compass. And so to me, like this, there, there's really no need to move the story along plot device-wise because yeah. it's it's outside of all the battles of the Clone War. So it's not just about what's going on in this battle and how this, how did the Jedi as generals utilize the Force or, or how does Dooku use it to counteract them. It's... Uh, Let's take a look. What what does the dark side mean? What does the light side mean? How are they in conflict? What does it mean for them to be in balance? Yeah. The real heart of it, of th this philosophy. Yeah. Holly, is that something that you took from it? Is it, is it, it I, what, what did you take from all of this? Yeah. These no. three episodes. <laughs> right. There's a lot that happens in just, I mean, what, maybe an hour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that my immediate feeling, even after like the first episode was just like sad. Like I just so felt, it sad. just like, it made me so yeah. sad. I yeah. was like, here is this person who is playing the role of a father figure, which we know from Star Wars, it doesn't, it doesn't even matter if it's the TV shows or if it's yeah. any of the three trilogies, the father figure plays such an important role yeah. in all of Star Wars, you know? Yeah. And so do mother figures. But for this particular dynamic here, yeah. it's like the father figure. And it's just like the father trying to do what is best for everybody and maybe even not for him and yeah. maybe even not for his children, children. Yeah. But he just is isolating them for the sake of the galaxy and to balance the force so that chaos doesn't ensue, right? Yeah. And he thinks that he does the right thing by, you know, trying to bring the chosen one here to replace him, maybe. Yeah. But ultimately, like, we know that things don't always work out. Or as Luke says, this is not going to go the way you think, yeah. which I think is also true for all of Star Wars ever. Yeah. But it was just so sad to, like... Yeah see him go through that with his family and then try to do the right thing to like help the galaxy. And then it all fails and everything that he like fought to preserve just kind of falls apart. Yeah, it's, it's very tragic <laughs> and you're right. It's very sad. The man, the father. Now let's, I also love that they just present themselves. Like we first meet the daughter and they're like, what's your name? She's like, daughter. <laughs> okay that's all cool. you need to know that's all we need to know because we're going to be done with the air in three episodes so uh but he, he is he's making the ultimate sacrifice 
of not just himself and isolating himself mm-hmm. from the rest of the galaxy, but his family, his 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 son and his daughter. He's not allowing them to grow, to do anything. He's honestly keeping them contained for the sake of the galaxy. And I'm sure they, you know, don't like him for that. I mean, obviously the son doesn't, but I'm you know, sure the daughter's a little bitter as well. But it, it's a story of family. And he doesn't know what to do. He just, there's a story of the chosen one and he be, he apparently believes the, the prophecy too. And I mm-hmm. love that Anakin just says, that's a myth. He doesn't even believe it himself, which is amazing. I love it. Everyone's, you're the chosen one, you're the chosen one, you're the chosen one. Mace Windu doesn't know he's the chosen one. He's the only skeptic and Anakin. And Qui-Gon comes back and tells him over and over again. I think it comes up, Qui-Gon comes up, what, two or three times oh, yeah. in all of these episodes. And he yeah. comes to Anakin and he yeah. tells him, and that he's the chosen one. And then he says to Obi-Wan in another vision, yeah. he's like, I told you he was the chosen one. Yeah. Well, like, uh, Qui-Gon even asked Anakin, do you think you're the chosen one? He's like, uh, How would I know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It is. It was, you said that was one of the, the first episodes. You're like, this is extremely sad. Yeah. And you even sense the sadness coming from the sun. Yeah. And, this is something else, Luke. It's something I've never picked up on because when I watched this, I was just like, yeah, the sun's dark, the daughter's light, the father's in the middle. But it's like they repeated this over and over. The sun has gone down the path of the dark side. There wasn't necessarily this, I don't know, imbalance. I, I, I mean, is balance just light then? Because he's been, he said he's been balancing them, but, you know, the sun has been going down a path of darkness. He's going to the dark side. So was he good at one point, Luke? Is that something you ever picked up on? I just kind of assumed he was just like Satan himself, like he was born in darkness. I think it's more if he has a natural tendency towards that, but it yeah. doesn't mean he is all dark. Yeah. I mean, you could say he, he, he clearly has a compassion and, and a connection with his sister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's very distraught yeah. when uh, when she meets her demise. Yeah. Uh, you know, so he's not, um, completely selfish and completely on, unattached or uncaring about other things other than his own, his own power, his own dark path. Uh, so yeah, I think it's, it's more, it's more nuanced in, in that way. And, uh, I think one of the things I like, you know, the most about this arc in, in, uh, you know, relation to some of the other things we've been talking about on the show re- lately is uh, the way it shows all the all the major figures in Anakin's life and how they influence him and how yeah. they can what he thinks they think about him or what impression they've left on him or the loss he feels uh, from his connection or lack of connection to them uh, impacts what he's going to do, what he might potentially become. Yeah. And that's something that we've seen a lot in the new Darth Vader line that we've been talking about. Some of my favorite mm. frames and pages of the comic are yeah. the ones that keep flashing back and you see images of Padme and you see images of Shmi. Yeah. And it, it, those memories are triggered by what he's going through at this time in this new Vader line, which takes place after Empire Strikes Back. So, yeah, it was great to see Qui-Gon show up and conversing with him and you see, you see that bit where um he sees the the vision of shmi mm-hmm. um 
or is it the brother? Is it the brother yeah. pretending to be Shmi? It yeah. was, yeah. yeah. But you can see how that that connection can be used to manipulate Anakin. I think yeah. so, and that's something else that I really enjoyed about this arc is that I feel like it's very eye opening, even for like Anakin to yeah. see all this stuff happening and have somebody else tell him, somebody else who he was like, "Who are you? Like, what are you?" And it kind of puts it into perspective for him. Look, it's not just the Sith and it's not just the Jedi. There are other things going on and everybody is affected. And there are people who you don't even think about because you're so wrapped up in what's going on with the Jedi. And you're so wrapped up in what's happening with this war that you don't even know that there are other things at play here. Yeah. Get up on that pulpit. Uh, Yeah, here I am. Come on. But I don't know. I just like... I guess, and they tell him that in this episode, you know, yeah. you've been like so close-minded. I don't think they say it like that, but essentially they tell him, you know, yeah. oh, like wake up. Well, because he confronts the brother and he says, you're a Sith. He's like, yes, yeah, and know. no. And and he pretty much says, yeah, like mm-hmm. you you have no idea what else is out there. It's, it's more than the Jedi and the Sith, and you're absolutely right. And... Yeah, it's just that moment, like, it's crazy to me because that moment that Shmi appears, and we know it's the brother, but the brother even says, pretending to be Shmi, like, you need to let the guilt that you're carrying with go. I thought that was really crazy that the brother's telling him all that you've, all that you've done and all the bad, you just need to let that go. That yeah. guilt, let it go. I was like, wow, it's, it's, it, it almost felt like Shmi because mm-hmm. you know that doesn't that's not necessarily something an angle that you would have thought the brother would play there but it was crazy it was it was yeah. absolutely crazy i think that there's um when we think about the dark side we think of a lot of like manipulation and we think of a lot of bad intentions and i think that that's just because you know the main driving force behind the dark side i mean other than like yeah the actual right but like the one person like the puppet master pulling the strings is palpatine right yeah but i think and this is just me i think that there were a lot of parallels between some of the things that the brother was saying to anakin in the beginning of the arc and the things that we've heard palpatine say yeah but i don't think that the brother was under any manipulation from Palpatine. I don't think that they were able to be touched by Palpatine. And so I think that a lot of the things the brother was saying to Anakin were very genuine. And when he showed him the vision of what was going to happen to him and he said, and he sounded so convincing and he just sounded like very sad and very true. Anakin was like, I can't handle seeing what I'm going to become. And then the brother was like, it doesn't have to be like that. And it wasn't, it wasn't like, a Palpatine way of saying like, oh, well, like this is going to work out in my event, like to my advantage. Like it doesn't have to be like that. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited because now you're upset and now like, you know, I can control what your next decision is. But it was just like, you have a choice to make and you're going to make it yourself, but this is what's going to happen. And I can help you change that. He doesn't say this is the only way to change it. He doesn't say you only have one option and that's come with me. So this doesn't happen. He just shows him, and then he's like, it doesn't have to be that way. Oh, he definitely doesn't fight it much. <laughs> like, if anything, we see Anakin is very trusting. Mm-hmm. He is very trusting. Um, and that's scary because he is so powerful. It was crazy to see how powerful he was on Mortis. I love Obi-Wan's 
when they had an or he had uh when obi-wan and ahsoka were both held captive and obi-wan said remember the force flows through the planet use it and he taps into that and mm-hmm. you're like oh my god what's he gonna do like he's powerful and for how trusting he is yeah he's an easy target he just was and and that goes to show it wasn't just the emperor that was able to do it i mean this dude the anakin saw his entire future yeah in a vision and he's like wow and this dude's like i can like it doesn't have to be that way okay okay but like i don't know it's just like oh well he didn't it wasn't even like a conversation of like okay well tell me what i can do to make sure this doesn't happen he's just like well here I go. I'll join you. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool to see him. I don't know. It was very, just the, the visuals and everything. You even mentioned it, Holly, very much like Mustafar getting us ready for that, that confrontation there. Um, and just the dark side flowing through that planet. And in this place here, I think they said that all of the darkness in the galaxy flows through that one area where they were, um, which was cool. And it, so it was very reminiscent of that. Um, but even his eyes, the yellow eyes and, and just the, I don't know, the, just the, the dark, you could see it, the darkness in his eyes is just getting you ready for it. You guys, I said to Michael, I was like the way that Anakin looks after he joins the brother Mm -hmm. is the way that I thought we were going to see him in the last season of the Clone Wars. And we didn't, Yeah, but that's exactly what I imagine. Maybe sans yellow eyes, but Like more t- exhausted, tired, little yeah. No, I totally get you. I totally yeah, get you. Yeah, he had those Darth Maul eyes. He did. He did. Um, Luke, anything else that that you know? Anything else about that that arc that sticks out? I mean, obviously the it's just it's a it's a it's a story of family. I, it's just it's it's a it's a, just a unique way of telling it, and they all loved each other, but they they knew this is what well, the brother didn't. This is what had to be done. To save others, others they didn't even know about. They didn't know anybody else in the galaxy, you would think. They've been long forgotten. So why why stay? Well, there's a bigger purpose there. It's it's just crazy. Anything else, Luke, about that though that you want to get off your chest? Uh yeah, to kind of follow up on what, what Holly was just saying there towards the end with uh the latest season of the Clone Wars. I think the only kind of snippet we got sort of sort of showing Anakin's uh you know, penchant for the dark side or, you know, not, mm-hmm. not following the Jedi dogma was in the bad batch arc when he got his hands on Admiral trench yeah, and, and, and uh, took care of Admiral trench the way he did. That was a, you know, a little bit of darkness that we, we got in this final season of, of the clone wars, but so much of the season wasn't really about Anakin per se. Yeah. And, yeah. and Dave, Dave Filoni has given quotes and in, an in interview answer saying, you know, Anakin and Obi One story is is in the main saga films. It's in episode two. It's in episode three. Yeah, uh, we didn't want to try to retell that. You know, this this final season of Clone Wars is a lot more about Rex, a lot more about Ahsoka. So that's what we focus on more. But uh, what thinking of and watching Mortis makes me uh, also think of in the last Casual Council. Uh, our our good friend Andy Dugan, mm. very excited that he was on. Amen. Hopefully he can be on some more in the future, uh, so we can reconnect a little bit more. And you know, he mentioned uh, how how sudden Anakin's fall feels in Episode Three in particular. And I think you know one of the most enjoyable things and the most uh, 
rewarding things about the Clone Wars is just flushing out all of all of that yeah. bit of Anakin's development, how he gets to the point where he can fall. And in the Mortis arc, you know, very high among the things that do that in terms mm-hmm. of just exploring what it is that tempts him um, towards the dark. It's his it's his fear of, of further loss, like the loss of his mother uh, and how just how strongly he's connected to people and really connects really well to Filoni's, uh, you know, laying out the duel of the fates in that last episode of the gallery, the second episode. Uh you know, getting to see Qui-Gon again and, and yeah. what, what might have been, you know, Anakin, like Holly was saying, so readily followed the brother when he kind of laid things out for him. And I think it's because Anakin is trying to find that 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 father figure that Filoni talked about that he lost in Qui-Gon. Yeah. And he's, he's so uh, ready to grab on to something else. So, yeah, just so many connections. Uh I can I can draw from from this Mortis arc to all the things we talk about and others like Filoni and, and everyone else talking Star Wars and, and, and creating Star Wars. So it's uh, I think an arc you can just watch over and over again and you get get new things out of it. Yeah. And yeah. I think especially right now and I think maybe this is the reason why part of it was like so sad to me. But a lot of it was, you know, about sacrifice, self-sacrifice yeah. and isolation and I feel like we all can relate Ooh, to some on. of that right now because come of everything on. that's going on. But I can just imagine, like, what a terrible decision to have to make to be, like, for the fate of, you know, <laughs> come on, preserving Holly. everything else, go. I'm going to isolate myself and my entire family because wow. we're all in isolation right now, and it's terrible. Wow. <laughs> I would never want to willingly – I mean, obviously, like, sometimes you have to, but, like, I wouldn't ever want to have to make the choice to like willingly isolate myself or my children from yeah. the rest of the galaxy just Jesus. to protect everybody else, you know, but Jesus, Holly, you just blew my freaking mind. <laughs> you just blew my freaking mind. I, 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 there's not a lot of people that make that connection. I mean, there's two people here with me that I make these connections all the freaking time. And I'm honored to be able to have these conversations with them, but you're absolutely right. Like, how relatable is that? This, folks, this wasn't planned. Okay, this just happened. Or Holly and I didn't talk about this. Luke and I didn't talk. None of us talked about it. That is just something that came to Holly's mind, relating to experiences and how relatable it is to something we just watched. How odd and crazy is it that you made that connection from something we just happened to watch because it, it was overdue for you to see this <laughs> and to make that connection, yeah. like how, you know, what a sacrifice, you know, we have people, you know, ripping each other apart on the internet because they have to wear a mask and they feel like they're being, you know, oppressed because they have to wear a mask into a freaking store. Like, that's not sacrifice, folks. <laughs> like, and I know this is a fictional story, but it's just like, wow, what a greater sacrifice yeah. for the greater good. A good a, a good that they didn't even know existed. They don't know these people. He said he heard it, heard the news of it. I'm like, how did you hear? Did you watch the television, Father? Like, how did you hear <laughs> of the chosen one? Um, but yeah. He I, saw it on Twitter. He's, maybe. <laughs> they, yeah, he was ahead of the time. Um, I don't think Twitter was, well, maybe it was season three, maybe, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but what a crazy connection, Holly. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. So when you talk, when you, 
Next time you want to bitch about having to wear wow, a mask. Wow, let's go. Come on. <laughs> just think about all the other terrible things that could be happening to you or the people that you love and get yeah. over it. Yeah, you could be, you know, isolating your entire family. Uh, on Mortis. On a remote, organic, I don't even know what you call it. Conduit. A conduit <laughs> of the force um, and, and not allowing them you know, to reach their full potential, whether it be good or bad. Um, and ultimately know that you're about to die and someone else needs mm -hmm. to bear that burden. And, and that's We all have choices crazy. to make. Yeah. Wow. What a connection, Holly. <laughs> Mind is blown. And folks, I know yours is blown as well. Um, now, continuing on with our, our, our story of family um, is the Son of Dathomir comic. Folks, we've talked about it a lot. Um, we, we, you know, kind of went over the entire storyline so to speak and at times and, and we just holly we were just like holly got you gotta read this you gotta you gotta read this it's four issues bust it out and you did mm -hmm. you did um and, and luke we've always talked you know what a great story this would be in, in the clone wars and it was it was a shame that they couldn't put it in an animated form um but holly you read the four issues what, what did you think more mall more of your favorite <laughs> Yeah, I definitely um, blew through the comics super fast. Luke was like, hey, you should read it. And I was yeah. like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Probably like in an hour, yeah. I was done. Um, I should have gotten a refresher tonight when Michael was reading yeah, them. That's okay. Didn't really get that refresher. Um, but I think these comics kind of, you know, gave me a better understanding of that like power struggle between mall and his people and where he fits in mm -hmm. and then his prior master and then also that building of the relationship that he has with mandalore yeah um yeah. i just feel like there's i don't know i feel like there's still a lot of story there that hasn't really been told yet yeah. but yeah no it goes quick but here's the thing if you want to see a quick glimpse in the roller coaster that is Maul's life, and on a day to day it swings from really high to really shitty, <laughs> read these four comics because boy, it starts out with him being held captive by Count Dooku, right? Being hit with lightning. Um, it goes from es escaping that scene. Uh, the Mandalorians come in and help him. He goes back to his crime syndicates, um, builds up a lot of forces, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing the entire story here, right? Um, summons his forces. Um, they they lead an attack on the Separatists, and they kind of they bait him into making an attack, and and it goes horribly wrong or whatever but it, you know it, it, he goes from getting his crime syndicate things seeming okay he captures count dooku and i got you now oh now we're gonna end you know this 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 master of yours um and ultimately you know some things happen or whatever but it ultimately ends in an epic battle between mother townsend and count dooku in sidious and he loses his mother he loses his mother, and that's just another thing, another another instance of loss that you don't see in the Clone Wars. You don't see it in the movies. You don't see it in Rebels. You don't see it there. How impactful this would have been to add this into that entire Clone Wars story. It would have been epic. Um, obviously, a lot more happened than what I just said, but those are some of the high points. Even, even you know, let's count Dooku loose to tag team... Um, 
Oh God, I don't even remember who he who he's tag teaming or whatever. But he let him loose, almost kind of a, an Ahsoka moment. Yeah. It was a nice echo um, back to that. He goes and lets Dooku out in a moment of need. Um, so there's a, a lot of cool things there. Uh, just cool, like seeing the Mandalorians and their armor and how exact it was, you know, put into the Clone Wars. Uh, I thought that was awesome. Um, and some of his crime syndicate uh, people there. But uh, Luke, I don't know if you got a refresher or not, my friend, but uh, it is ultimately a story of family, but, you know, more loss for Darth Maul, but something that would have been great to see on film or in, in a television show. But I'm glad we at least got the story in some form when we thought we would never get anything else again. It meant enough to that development of that character to put it on paper, at least. Um, I don't know if you got to revisit it, you know, lately, but ultimately man what's what did you think of that little story there we talked about it a lot but let's bring it up again <laughs> yeah i think one of the most interesting aspects of it that you learn is that palpatine sought mother talzin out yeah to learn from her you know what what aspects of the force is she tapping into what dark side uh you know things does she know that maybe studying the sith i i don't learn you know he it shows how resourceful he is and yeah. how he was able to you know pull off all his imaginations because uh, he was willing to tap every bit of the dark side that he could get his hands on yeah uh, and you learn that it, that's how he found Maul because he he sought out Mother Talzin which makes sense and then he said oh this you know Maul would be useful to me he's powerful in the Force he would mm -hmm. be a powerful sort of weapon and I, I can take him as my apprentice. And yeah, when you talk about, you know, this speaking about family, that's, that's one of the reasons Talzin hates yeah. Palpatine is because, you know, she, he, he took her son away from, from her. Yeah. And you get the connection of, um, although he doesn't always treat him the greatest, um, you know, Maul's connection to his brother Savage is in the show as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, in the Clone Wars, uh, and so yeah, it's surprising to get this character that we see in Episode One, who is just this embodiment of evil in the way that he looked and the way that he acted, um, and then to get this this much more you know human side of him throughout all this about his connection to his mother, yeah, and his brother, and uh, it's just another example of of Maul uh, kind of falling flat on his face and then getting back up again <laughs> to yeah. fall flat on his face in another way, just defeat after defeat. Uh, and so it all ties in really well to that as well. I, yeah. um, okay. Come on. No fallen order spoilers. Oh God. Yeah. So I can't wait until you guys yeah. know more about what happens in fallen order, but I don't know. There are like a lot of connections that I've been making between these two stories. And there's another witch in Fallen Order and it's a very similar storyline. And I just feel so sorry for everyone who lives on Dathomir because I just feel mm. like they're so misunderstood and they're persecuted. Wow. But people really want to like tap into their power and they want them to yep. teach them all their tricks and then they just throw them away. Yeah. They're like, hey, teach me how to do your magic, yeah. and now I'm going to murder you, so I'm the only person who knows how to do this. Yeah. And I just like... That's a Palpatini, we call it. That's a, he, Yeah, they're pulling a Palpatini. Right. And it's not the first time that's happened to the witches, and it's not the last time it's going to happen to them. And I just, I don't know, it's just a very sad story, and I just, 
I don't know, I really feel for them because I just think that they've been so misunderstood. So you know that you have a lot of trust issues and that's why Maul has a lot of trust issues, not getting into the psychology of a fictional character too much. But I feel like that's something that a lot of people can still relate to. You know, he doesn't seem to have a moral compass, but then like, let's look into why. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's a great, I mean, we're talking about family, right? And that's a great point. He was taken from his mother at birth. He doesn't really know her reconnects with her so to speak trying to really bring her back in the flesh and i I, she has a side of her she wants to rule as well she'll destroy palpatine and rule the galaxy she says that in this comic book so it's not like she's out to save the planet or save the galaxy she would like to probably you know dominate it as well but reconnects with her and then ultimately loses her again witnesses it it's terrible it's terrible stuff but uh and 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 luke's right there's a power there that palpatine is seeking um and it's crazy too because when maul escapes he is you know obviously palpatine's worried about mother townsend and her power and and she rivals him you know she could bring an end to his his schemes but maul could as well if maul is to learn those powers and they are to work together um so at the end of it it's really it's really telling that when they destroy mother towns and a mall gets away dooku says master i'm sorry mall got away again he said that doesn't matter now he's broken he's lost his mother like that's that's all that i've taken everything from him now um he won't be a problem anymore it's pretty much what he's saying so i thought that was he he feared mall you know he didn't think he was as you know a worthy adversary but with his mother they could cause some problems um but man that that moment to me we're talking about echoes you know mother townsend taking on dooku and palpatine and i had forgot that grievous is there grievous is there in that moment with his two lightsabers he's the one that ultimately kills her so it's Mother Townsend versus those three freaks. <laughs> and Maul's like, use my power. I could, you know, I can help you or whatever. And she says, no, they'll destroy you. Like, you need to get out of here. Is it just me or did anyone have a little cane and jars moment? Oh, it's yeah. a, oh, oh my yeah. goodness. Luke, were you seeing those echoes too, man? Just like, go. I'm surprised she didn't force push him to the ship and Shut send it away. off, right? Were you having those echoes too? Oh yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. Uh, I, I was thinking that, and, you know, as you've been recounting a lot of this stuff, and that though that image was in my head, that sort of side by side image of the way it's it's shown in the comic of her, oh. you know, pushing Maul away. You got to run, yeah, while while she holds back the threat. Uh, that has a great yeah connection to Rebels there uh, oh. for sure. And dare I say, it had a little Voldemort and yeah. harry potter moment too you know no wasn't there. in this case it's both evil but let's be honest if you're studying witchcraft uh, am i right no holly no. <laughs> sure um yeah no it's just i don't know so many connections i, I that's why it's like you, this for me like star wars is never ending i don't just like watch star wars like the clone wars and then not ever go watch it again because the more, like, with the Rebels, you just finished, we had just had that moment with Kanan Jarrus, and then you go mm-hmm. back and you see this, wow, like, man, yeah, is it similar? Is it 
but it's effective every time. Do I feel terrible for Kanan Jarrus and the rest of the Rebels? Absolutely. Like, I cried, but, like, I also feel for Darth Maul in this moment. Yes. Witnessing his mother, who he had, you know, just come to know again and had figured out a way to bring her back and then to, to see him, to lose her to the people that he hates, mind you. He wants revenge on, on Palpatine for what he's done, and now he's taking his mother. Now he wants it even more. More fuel for the fire. Like, it's just... Man, guys, if you haven't picked that up, it's it's worth a read. I don't think we're ever going to get it in any other form. And if you're not a big comic book reader, I totally get it. And that's why we, we enjoy talking about these things because um, it's just great stories. Yeah. And it's great echoes of, of prior Star Wars stories. Um, I think that this comic kind of, um, I don't know, I guess all the stuff that we've kind of talked about and you guys were talking about Rebels, I feel like it makes the moment that Obi-Wan strikes Darth <laughs> Maul down yeah. and his final words oh, yeah. to Obi-Wan is like, yeah. you know, he will avenge us all. Yeah. And I just feel like it makes God. that moment that much more important Preach. because you see why he was so hellbent on taking mm -hmm. down. Well, because at that point, that moment, it's not just about, revenge for being betrayed by his master right it's way more complex yeah. than that i you betrayed me you promised me all these things you promised me glory and you took that from me but now it's you've also taken my mother his mother like this isn't just like you know some leader of death like this is his mother mm -hmm. and you've taken that from me as well you're absolutely right it makes those moments more powerful it almost feels like our star wars creators are saying how far can we beat Darth Maul down? Like how, how, what moments can we create that just really make other moments even more impactful? Cause you're right, Holly, they keep doing that. You know, that was an epic moment when it happened and you're right. It's just, wow. Almost feels like a bit of redemption there for Darth Maul. But this story here makes it that much more impactful. Yeah. Great connections, Holly. Holy cow. Thanks. You're freaking killing it tonight. <laughs> um, Killing it every night, both of you guys, because these are conversations, guys, that I have with no one else. And I know a lot of you sweaties out there don't get to have these conversations with others. We have some closet nerds. Yeah, Jory, I'm talking to you. <laughs> um, we have some closet nerd listeners, and, and, and we want you guys to share in these moments because I, every time we all talk, am blown away by what these guys say, but like... I know you are too, and, and I'm glad you're sharing these experiences with me um, and having these immediate reactions just saying, Jesus, I never made that connection. But you're so right. Just you, you keep coming back to Star Wars, and it's going to, it's just going to present itself in a different way every freaking time because they continue to build off these stories. They find ways to make them even that much bigger and emotional, even when you didn't think it was possible. It's just, it's stunning. It's mm -hmm. stunning. Yeah. And if you're not going to play Fallen Order, oh, just yeah. dig into. Can they watch the clip scenes? Can I, they go back I think and watch you can, those? I or? think you can watch it on YouTube. Okay. Dig into the story behind Sister Marin mm. and Malakoy and just read into that. Because, yeah. I mean, read these comics and then read the stories or watch the clips of what happens on Dathomir yeah. in Fallen Order. And, I mean... It's just, 
it's it's so good god if holly isn't deep and sweaty into star wars lore i don't know who is <laughs> now um because that's some sweaty stuff there holly well, who did you say sister man sister marin marin cheesy pete um luke that's not someone who we're familiar with right now but i'm sure she's gonna enlighten us here soon um, but that's, yeah, we're gonna have to get Luke. I know Luke doesn't have a lot of time for games. We're going to find a way to get him this or get the story to him. Um, but I was blown away guys. I've played quite a bit of it now. What do you think I'm 70% of the way through yeah. or something, Holly? Cheesy Pete's guys. Cal has, Cal's another tragic story. I mean, my God, him and his master. Let me just say that order 66, that was powerful stuff. Mm -hmm. Jeezy Pete. Um, I won't say much more than that, but uh, it's, it's so good. <laughs> that's a comment. We have to talk about Cal at some point because Cal is, is such a complex character as well. And I'm just now getting into this maybe darker side of Cal yeah. that I'm seeing. Cal at times. and Seer, yeah. who is yeah. his mentor, kind of, you yeah. would say. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely such, right. Such great characters. Like if you, if you need a refresher yeah. or if you, you know, want some new characters to learn about, but still, I mean, truly canon and, yeah. you know, really building off of Order 66 and the stories that you know, and mm -hmm. even some of the characters that you know. I mean, Cal knew Yoda. Cal was worked with Yoda, was <sighs> led by Yoda. So I think, I don't know, there are some familiar faces there, but like yeah. just new characters and new stories to learn and just so amazing. Oh, it's, it's awesome. And we found out recently we're going to be getting more. Yep. Fallen Order hopefully. stories. Hopefully that hopefully that was that was true. I think it was. That was a rumor that I would like to believe. Absolutely. Well, I don't know how it ends, but uh, well, ultimately, I kind of feel like I know how it ends. But there's more story to be told. We know that there always is, and they're gonna find ways to connect it to all of this, and it's fantastic. Um, stories of loss, stories of of triumph, stories of family. It's it's Star Wars. It just is. It's so freaking great. Um, Guys, this was an unexpected conversation, but boy, was it a good one. Um, anything else? Anyone have any other really huge moments they want to share? Any connections that are going to blow me away anymore? None from the Brady Bunch here. <laughs> um, tapped out. Tapped yeah. out. It was. It's a late night for us, guys, but it was well worth it because that y'all just blew my mind with everything that was said tonight. So, guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation, too. Like I said, a little bit random, but like... Nah, it's all relevant. It's all relevant to future Star Wars. It's relevant to mm -hmm. past Star Wars. It's gonna, it's gonna be relevant. So much content out there yeah. to explore. Especially, I feel like the more new content we get, yeah. the more it relates to some of the older stuff that we have. Right. And you go back and you rewatch that. I mean, I'm sure that next week, if Luke keeps watching and rewatching the Clone Wars, I'm sure he'll have a new yep. connection. I'm sure that we'll hear new things. So, yeah. and I really enjoy that. Yeah, and can I just say, guys? It, in the beginning of this, I don't know if Luke and Holly were really into the comic book thing. I was like, guys, come on, give it a chance. I think they're sweatier than I am <laughs> now on them. It's freaking great. And that just shows you it's like they're not meant for everybody. But, like, these are quick stories, but they're so impactful. And when you find the right story, boy, like this one, it knocks it out of the park. There's some weird ones out there. I get it. But, like, it's, 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 it's a medium that can really take you somewhere quickly. 
and 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 it can make a big impact um but so these guys i never thought holly would be reading comic books <laughs> i didn't either but she well, is and she enjoys it and 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 i know luke was hungry for more star wars content and now we've unleashed a monster <laughs> and marvel unlimited uncontrollable uncontrollable just devouring that content which is amazing so um we're going to continue to talk about the comic books. And if that bores some of you guys, I'm sorry, but it's, it's some, it's where some of the best stories are in star Wars mm -hmm. right now. It just is, um, just try to read them. You might give be them a surprised. Shot. Absolutely. And besides the artwork is really cool. If anything, you're going to get some super sick art. Yes. So I, comic book artists are just amazing. Absolutely. I'm glad they never, I'm glad they haven't given up on it. I was a little worried about star Wars comics for a while, but they have really, really good stories. And they're, yes, they're, depending a lot on like Darth Vader and those classic characters, but like Dr. Aphra is a character that's been very successful and has tie-ins to Vader. Yes. But like stands alone and has a great story. So they're going to continue to do this and I know we're going to get more of it. It's going to add just to the lore and it's freaking fantastic. So I um, hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Um, we will be back next week with more conversation, but uh, Holly, Michael, the moment of truth. Everyone's wondering when are we going to talk oh. about bloodlines? She's like, you have, you put me on, put the, me spot. on the spot. Again. I'm not going to, I, I know I keep saying that I'll post something. I think that it's complicated with the stuff that we're it's obligated to do on the weekend. Is that a Facebook status or it's no. complicated? Okay. And then the holiday weekend's coming up. So yeah. I don't know. We'll, yeah. We'll post it. We're going to post it guys. And so we'll, we'll get back to you on that. Um, so expect some information about that. Get in the group. Check us out. I'm on Twitter, guys, okay? I'm not blowing up Twitter. Um, I'm learning Twitter. Twitter's dark, dark place, Holly. People can be very mean on Twitter. I hate Twitter. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. I literally hate Twitter. I hate yeah. the people on Twitter. If <laughs> well, not everyone. we got a lot of people on Twitter. But I love our people on Twitter, yeah. everybody else. God, Twitter's just so negative, and it just, like, can be. gives me so much anxiety when I get on there because people yeah. are just so freaking mean. Oh, I was getting anxious going and reading some of I the just, stuff this they're weekend. They're so yeah. mean. Like, calm yeah. down. Go do something else. Take a walk. It's a powerful platform. I will say that. People feel very empowered to say, whatever comes to mind. Um, but we are on there. I'm trying to make connections with people and, and, you know, try to, try to talk star Wars with folks on there. So I'm, I'm making efforts, but, um, we'll see how successful it is, <laughs> but getting that group, it, it's definitely a lot of fun there. Check us out there. Check us on Instagram, send us an email, uh, send a voicemail, whatever it is you want to do. We just want to talk star Wars with you guys. Read a comic book. I just started the <laughs> intro. How embarrassing. <laughs> this is Michael's is, first time. It's wow. <laughs> that sounded personal. Holly. Um, I'm a podcast virgin. Uh, folks, we only have to let this go another 30 seconds and I'm not going to do that to you, but Michael accidentally hit the intro music and Holly's the one that got it. I took about, I about <laughs> took you out on the intro music. That's really embarrassing. And I'm blushing. You just can't see me because I didn't have the camera on me. That's how I roll. So we'll put it in and post, guys. But I hope you guys have an epic week. We'll be back Monday with more Star Wars content. So be expecting us soon. So um, if we don't talk to you before then, we'll see you Monday. And may the Force be with you. <laughs>